Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at house church. We're glad you're listening. One of the things that we've talked about before is we know that uh, that the, the years, some of the things that COVID has taken is there's almost a resistance to being face-to-face with people. And to bring this back and to continue to, to, to realize that that's how we're formed and that's how we're shaped. Not over a screen, not just over text messaging or phone calls, but face-to-face. Um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I have, uh, in, in my house church, I'm lucky to hang out with the highs, but um, Micah and I went and got lunch after house church a couple of months ago, and it was just so cool to sit face-to-face with a man who's starting his senior year, uh, and he was finishing his junior at that time, and just listen to his heart. There's something that happens in those spaces. So even if you're hesitant, uh, don't be hesitant. Jump into some relationships, because it'll change your life. All right. So we're going to, uh, the screen might pop out and you might see like advertisements for Ted Lasso or something. Uh, we apologize. Technology is great and terrible. Um, we're going to, I want us to silently read um, John 10, 1 through 18. So if you have your Bible with you, feel free to open that up. Um, for those of you that don't, I put it on the screen. Um, and so what we're going to do is I'm going to just say next slide. I'm a slow reader, like very slow. So some of you might be like, man, you're reading way too slow internally. That's okay. I want us to pay attention to the words. And then as soon as the words are done, we're going we're gonna to look at some images that I think help tell the story uh, in a similar way. Okay, so here we go. John 10, 1 through 18. All right, so next we're going to look at some images that I think help tell a bit of the story or at least give some pictures behind some of the things. And there's no narration. just want you to take So here we go. Sorry, I missed the last verse. I apologize. So there's a lot to unpack in the verses that we've read, but I'd love to just create like two minutes. Maybe talk to the person next to you. Um, What was something that stuck out in the passage and maybe something in the images that you saw that may have helped sort of bring a little more life to it? So you got two minutes, chat with the person next to you. What popped out for you? So we're going we're gonna to come back to some of the things from this passage uh, in, in just a few minutes, but I wanted to, to just pause for a moment, remind us where we are uh, in the story, in the series that we've been in all summer long. Uh, we started a series way back uh, in early May called Life in the Spirit. And I've been reflecting on the journey quite a bit over the last few months because it's been a very significant time for us as a community. Uh, We began with Callum reading Acts chapter 2 in such a powerful way. And I I will never forget just the way that he read it, just thinking about the Apostle Peter with this boldness. And Callum was able to just capture that Peter charisma. It was amazing. Um, And our latest teacher that we had was Pastor Brito, all the way from India, came and taught on uh, this idea and concept of giving the Holy Spirit 100% access 
100% of who we are. Um, we heard Tim talk about the posture that we want to long for in our church of being open to the work of the Spirit in our life. Uh, Dave reminded us of the invitation to wade in deeper and be in the water of the Spirit, which then Dave and Ben co-taught at baptism, uh, which was memorable to say the least. Uh, ben reminded us about the Spirit bringing about joy and secure attachment with the Father as we look at the face of Jesus. And Levi and Benton showed us what it looks like to respond to the Spirit as he went into the water, as they went into the water to be baptized just a month ago. It's been a beautiful summer filled with stories from many of you that I've had opportunities to sit with and hear how this trust of the Holy Spirit is growing in your life. And what I wanted to do is just pause and just say, thank you, God. We have set out as a community to have a deeper understanding, a, a deeper, not, not just a knowledge, uh, but a biblical word of knowing, which is like an intimate understanding of who God is. Not just your brain, but your brain and your heart and your body and all of that stuff combined. So, yay God, thank you for what you've done. Um, and I wanted to just like kind of wrap up our series and then move us into a different space, but life in the Spirit is a grace from God. And I think we need to see it as that. It's this beautiful gift that Jesus promised us that we have access to. And it's this invitation into the abundant life that Christ offers. It is our lifetime's work and journey that's purpose is for us to become like Christ. To think like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to respond like Jesus, which leads us to do the things that Jesus did. As we've also been reading through the Gospel of Mark together in house churches, I am amazed with the journey that the disciples have been on. Uh, I'm only in chapter 11 right now. I'm reading real slow through, through the Gospel of Mark, but my goodness, to see the life, the journey, the ups and downs of these disciples, it gave me a lot of hope because I miss this, I think, more days than I get it. But we understand that with this being a grace from God, the primary role of the Holy Spirit is to bring about transformation in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, and in our bodies. The goal is not improvement for the Holy Spirit, but it's transformation. And we live in a culture where we worship improvement. There are life hacks everywhere, and please don't hear me uh, railing against life hacks. They can be really helpful. But the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just see our life improved. He wants to see our life transformed. And that's a completely different thing than I think what most of us understand or most of us enter into. Because the idea of life in the Spirit calls us into the presence of God. That's where we grow in our intimacy with God. It's where we grow in joy, we grow in peace, we grow in love, we grow in faith. The Holy Spirit comforts and guides. He grows, He convicts, and He calls us to things. He draws us nearer to Jesus. And that's just to start with a few of the things that the Spirit does as He draws us into the presence of God. Not only does He draw us into the presence of God, but the Spirit also will always lead us outside of ourselves. It's his calling that leads us to see people differently, to preach the good news, 
to be about justice, to be about the healing work of Christ, to be good neighbors. When we think about the work of the Spirit, He always leads out. He, he, he invades inside, and that inside is changed, and it pushes us out. And He doesn't just push, push, us, push us out unequipped and ill-informed, but He gives us gifts. As we read through the narrative of the New Testament, what we see is a God uh, who gives us these amazing gifts and, and gifts, and one of the best ones that He gives us is this beautiful new family called the church. Ephesians lays out the fivefold giftings of the church as the apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and shepherds, and I'm so grateful that I worship in a church where all those gifts are active, and there are some of those gifts that are going to be activated in the months and years to come. He also gives us gifts like words of knowledge, wisdom, tongues, healing, hospitality, visions. The Spirit gives us boldness. He gives us spiritual gifts for the building up of the church. It's, he's not just this little part of our life, but He's so much bigger because the Holy Spirit is amazing. But today I want to remind us that life in the Spirit, the first thing we'd have to remember is it's life. So we need to lay out that trouble and ease and trial and calm and suffering and joy are all part of life. Life is hard, but it is beautiful. But it's within our lives that the soil for both transformation to Christ and the mission of Christ comes about. And it's in this life that we are living right now that the Spirit is at work, not the life that we hope to live one day, not the life that we think we ought to live or the one that we think we should live, but He comes to us as we are. Not only does He come to us as we are, but He comes to us where we are, and He is able and willing to transform our hearts, minds, souls, and bodies. So, coming back to this passage, at the heart of this passage, oh goodness, we see Jesus speaking about sheep. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a shepherd. I've, we've always joked around in my home, when I retire from pastoral ministry, I want to get sheep and just do that, because that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I like wearing wool things, so there's this beneficial relationship that could work out really well. Um, but what I, what I appreciate is at the heart of this passage, we're noticing this thing where Jesus is talking about the voice of the shepherd, this idea of entering the door, which voice to follow. There's a lot of stuff in here about discernment. Um, and it is also, there's warnings in here about wolves and thieves. And in the middle of this teaching, we see this, this really wild phrase. And he says, this thief comes to steal and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so this is what I recognize, the evil one, Satan, he comes to steal and destroy, and not just our joy and our peace, but our whole lives. We don't have to look far to see the trouble that the evil one causes. And this is not just some boogeyman bedtime story to keep our children in bed and out of the woods, but there's a real enemy and a real thief. He's a liar. He's behind the evils of the world. When I look at trafficking and racism, classism, and the deep hatred that we see everywhere, the division, the wars, the crime, that's the evil one stealing and destroying. 
But Jesus offers this beautiful picture of an abundant life. And so it's, it's challenging as Americans to think about the word abundant. Because in our, in our mind, it, it, it can sometimes be very closely related to uh, the prosperity gospel of like new cars and fancy houses and, you know, uh, million dollar jobs and all these different things. But when Jesus is speaking to uh, a bunch of people who are below minimum wage workers and moms and dads and children and singles and Pharisees, he's giving this different vision of what an abundant life looks like. And so when, when we look at the word abundant in the Greek, it has this picture of essentially more than we could imagine. And so it's, it's a challenge to us as Americans because we think like all that stuff. But the image that I keep being drawn to, uh, the last gathering that we had when Pastor Britta was here, I don't know if you guys remember this. I've heard a few of them talk about it, but there's this picture of kids sitting on a mat holding an egg with like the largest smiles on their face that I've ever seen in my life. And it, 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 it almost became shocking and damning and convicting and joyful at the exact same time because what you saw is this picture of these people recognizing, these children recognizing that the abundance of God sometimes just comes in the form of an egg, of a meal that I haven't had in a long time. And so I think this idea that this doesn't mean bigger and better everything, but when I think about it, the idea of the egg, the idea that abundance is actually a direction that we decide to say yes to Jesus and walk into. And it doesn't always look like more stuff, more money, more of this. Sometimes it does, and I don't want to harass that. But sometimes it actually leads us into like really hard stuff. Because Jesus calls his disciples into this abundant life. He calls you and I into this abundant life. And what I'm noticing is that that's at war with abundant life is a lot of our attitudes, mine included. Oh, look at that. Look at what this person is doing. I can't believe this is going on. When, when I notice complaining rising in my heart more, I feel like what's happening and what the Lord's been showing me is I'm making a, a, a decision to move away from abundance as a mindset and as what the Spirit is inviting me into towards my own wills, desires, and things like that. And I think like this too, abundant life looks a lot like the hardest stuff that we've ever been through. But it's rewired by the power of the Spirit. And so I have the, uh, an unbelievable story that I'm excited to share with you. I'm going to invite Chrissy, one of our elders, to come up and share this story about this kind of transformation of when we recognize God's abundance, he even shows up in some of the hardest places and does a transformational work in our life. You can choose between microphones. So... A lot of you know my mother passed away four years ago in December, and um, it's been hard, <laughs> to say the least. Some days harder than others. And um, so to sort of backtrack, backstory, um, it was coming around the time of the anniversary of my mother's death, which is always a really hard time for me. And Cindy sent me one of those out of the blue text messages there's this song I think you need to hear. It's called, I Belong to Jesus. And 
at that moment that she sent me that song, I was reading something um, that was called a liturgy for a, the loss of a loving parent. And one of the things that it said was, be to me, O God, that which I cannot be to myself. Be to me a shepherd, a guide. Be my shepherd, my counselor, and my provider. Um, so anyway, in the lyrics to that song, I belong to Jesus. I have to find it because I don't want to mess it up. But it says, you're my shepherd, you're my keeper, you're my provider, my protector. You're surrounding me, you're in every step I take. And it was like the words from that prayer that I was, listen that I was reading were in the lyrics of the song that she sent me. And it was powerful, and I just felt like God was speaking to me in that, like, your mom is gone, but I'm here. And um, so anyway, fast forward to last week, <laughs> uh, or two weeks ago, I guess it was now. Um, I was just doing my ordinary, everyday things. I went up to my room to get my sneakers because I was getting ready to go to the gym. And I looked on my dresser, and there was a ring box. It was a ring that belonged to my mom that I've had on my dresser for a while now because I need to get it sized. And I've seen it, and I've looked at it 100 times, I feel like. And, but for whatever reason, in that moment, I looked at the ring box, and it was like, I've never suffered from clinical depression before, but all I can describe it as is like a physical heaviness and a darkness, and it was like the grief just struck me so hard in just a physical way, emotional way, and I just started crying. And I was like, not now. <laughs> I don't want to do this. And um, so August tends to be hard for me because when we go on vacation every year in August, and when we got back from vacation, um, it would be five years ago, um, the day after we got back from vacation was when my mom told me that the cancer had spread, she was going on hospice, there's nothing more that they could do. So those months between like August and December tend to be me reliving the whole <laughs> horrific experience. And so I looked at the ring box, I grabbed my shoes and I'm like, oh, it's August. Oh, it's been five years. Oh, you know, and then like my mindset is just spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. And so anyway, um, last year I had gone to therapy. I, I met with a therapist regularly to help me to deal with my grief. And the tears are just flowing, and I'm just sad, and I'm, and I'm just in this, like, dark place. And one of the things that she had said was, like, you know, okay, like, acknowledge the grief, but then try to think of a happy memory, you know. And I couldn't think, I was like... <laughs> It's like this voice of the enemy was like, you are never happy. You haven't been happy since she died. You haven't had a happy moment since she died. There are no happy memories of her. And just, I have this memory when I get to these dark places of um, when I went over there and she had been by herself, my dad went to work, and I found her lying on the floor and Teddy was with me. And I screamed when I saw her, and she was crying, and I was crying, and I was caring for her, not attending to Teddy. And he ran, and he hid underneath the chair, and it had been like 45 minutes, and I found him hiding under the chair. And so this memory of seeing her on the floor and him hiding under the chair is this memory that has haunted me for four and a half years. And um, so I'm trying to think of a good memory, and I can't. 
And I, all, all I can see is that. And then I remembered the song that Cindy had told me about. And I'm trying to find it in my playlist. And, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking. And this voice is like, there is no song. She, <laughs> there's no song. Like, there's no song that's going to get you out of this. You know, and I'm just like, I have to find the song. I have to find the song. So anyway, thanks be to God, I found the song. And I listened to it. And the lyrics were like a soothing ointment to my soul. And I just felt like my head, you know, like I was like drowning in the ocean. And I was like just barely getting my lips above water, or above, you know, for like a breath of air. And then I listened to the song again. And I felt like it was pulling me. <laughs> Like, like, it was just this, like, weapon of listening to this song over and over again. And, and the tears were still there, and the memory was still there, but, it, like, it wasn't having this power over me. So I went to, the, I literally listened to the song over and over again for, like, hours. And I went to the gym, and I'm on the elliptical, and I'm listening to the song, and the tears are streaming, and I still have this picture of my mom on the floor and Teddy hiding under the chair, and I'm feeling, like, the anger and the guilt. But I'm also feeling like, you know, not, not so bad. I'm feeling like, like God's pulling me out of this. And then I remember the teaching that Ben did a couple weeks ago or a month or so ago where he talked about in your best times, like Jesus was there with you, and in your worst times, Jesus was there with you, and how to do this exercise. And then I remembered that you know, like, this is probably one of, like, the worst days of my life, this day where I found my mother on the floor, and, um, and I'm like, Jesus was there with me, and so then that took some of the power of that memory away, and I finally felt like I can go on, like, I can function today, and, and I'm listening to the song, and I'm thinking about Jesus being with me in this, and so then that night, Dave came home, and I shared the whole thing with Dave, and he said to me, you know, Jesus wasn't just with you. <laughs> he was with your mom, and he was with Teddy. And then I went to prayer meeting that night. <laughs> and prayer meeting is a really great space to hear from God and to hear from the Holy Spirit. And um, so at prayer meeting that night, we're all in worship, and Tim's playing the songs, and, you know, I have my eyes closed, and I see in my mind my mom laying on the floor, but Jesus was with her and had his arm around her. And I see Teddy under the chair, and Jesus is with him. And by the way, Teddy doesn't remember this at all. Like, he doesn't remember that, like, this thing that, like, I feel so horrible about. Like, he doesn't even remember it. And so when I see Jesus under the chair with Teddy, it's almost in, like, a playful way, you know? Like, we're hiding. And, um, this memory that has like crippled me <laughs> is like totally rewired my brain to now there's just been so much healing and I have these weapons now, this weapon of this song, the weapon of this like having Jesus be there and Jesus being present in these moments. Um, it has just completely changed everything. It has taken the power away and I mean, just that I can even, like, stand up here and share this without bawling my eyes out. It's just a testimony to God's goodness and, um, and to the transformation that's taken place. So, yay, God. I know. <laughs>
as Caleb appropriately said, this is the best part of my sermon, so I appreciate that. Um, I think, yeah, you can stand here for a minute, so that way we'll, yeah, we'll do this, so that would be good. Um, I think what I appreciate about hearing this story, and this is the second time I've had a chance to hear it, is like, when I think about abundance and the way that Jesus shows up in our a lot of times we, we, we want to see him in the good stuff and it's really hard stuff. And what I appreciate is like what transformation looks like is a lot bigger than what you ever would have thought. And like I think that's the encouragement is like what if, what if that dark place in your life, what if that painful situation was actually the place where you began to invite Jesus into the most and allowing him to begin to do the transformational work of healing that only comes through that. And like, I, I don't know, I'm just grateful for the way that Jesus showed up in that space. Yeah, thank you for sharing that so much. Yeah. Yes. So... I don't have a lot more to say because I think that story really says a lot. And it's this, just this. Jesus' desire for your life is so big. And like he doesn't leave you as orphans. He doesn't leave you alone. But he actually gives you this beautiful gift called the Spirit. And now it, not only does he give you the Spirit, but he gives you this beautiful gift called the community of saints who walk with you who are willing to be there and to fight with you and to fight for you and to remind you in those moments when your brain is just off and you're spiraling that God is good, that he's at work, and that he can transform even the darkest space. Now, I want to add a disclaimer. That doesn't mean that tomorrow that experience is going to happen. And what I appreciate is that this wasn't a quick fix. You know, Chrissy didn't order this from Amazon and it showed up four hours later. But this is after four years, four and a half years of, of, of trusting God, of bringing herself fully into the presence of God and allowing him to begin the transformational process. I love that therapy is part of that story. I love that a worship song is part of that story. But what I love the most is that there's a recognition of the journey. And when we pay attention to the voice of the Father, He's going to lead us. He's going to heal us. He's going to bring us into the spaces that we need to be. So I think to end this time that we have together, I just love to just create a space of prayer for us. And I just want to ask you to, to take that dark place that place that just feels still so unhealed the place where there's zero hope whether it's an addiction you've been battling whether it's, it's the, the mental struggle of losing someone or trauma whether it's legitimate concerns about where I'm, how am I going to pay for my next meal, whatever those things are. Maybe there's like a specific place that just feels real scary. I just want you in your own way to invite 
Jesus into that place. And I want you to just notice what's he doing? Where is he? What do you notice about his presence? God, my, my big ask for this community of faith <clears throat> is that we would be people that leave nothing off limits in our lives to you. No matter what it is that we recognize the opportunity to come to you with all that we're feeling, all that we're going through, and to lay it out at your feet. So would you give us courage to be people that see abundance as an invitation of a way of life. To be abundantly loved and abundantly share that love with those around us. Would we be receivers of a God who longs to be with his kids? In your name we pray. Amen. I think it's really good for us just to spend a, a, a few minutes. Um, we're going to have the, uh, the worship team come back up and just lead us. And I just want to invite you to just be with Jesus in this time. Uh, if, if, if tears are there, great. If tears aren't there, great. But just be with Jesus in whatever way that you need to be. Some of you may need to stand. Some of you may need to sit. But I just want to invite you to respond to what the Spirit may be inviting you into this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.